Good morning. No, you're fine. Small stage problems. Hydration is key. How's everybody? Good. So, um, if you've noticed, this isn't my like sexy radio voice. Um, I know. It's very. It just makes you go home. It's great. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm battling a little bit of an upper respiratory infection. So this sermon's gonna go as long as my recoil knowledge uh, lasts. Um, so we got the mic pumped up, and uh, we're gonna do it. But uh, I'm excited. I got. I'm, I'm really excited. The spirit to come and move. It's always an honor to stand before you and and preach uh, just the word of God. Um, we're continuing through our Christmas series today, um, and uh, this is our third week, so we've decided and we kind of dedicated that we're going to do a point of view Christmas series, um, and our, our thought behind that was we don't want the Christmas story to be something that you just regale your kids with in December or something you kind of walk through a nativity scene at, at a seasonal occasion, but we want this story to reign over you. We want this story to permeate in your bones. We want it to be who you are, what you are. We want it to dictate and declare how you live your life 365 days of the year. And, and, the, and the teaching uh, staff and, the, and just where we want to go with that is we want you to just understand every angle, every point of view that we can we can get through um, as far as the Christmas story. So the first week we went through prophecy and all the promises that God had had, had told and, and professed to his people of the coming Messiah. And we, we looked at all the fulfilled prophecies and the fulfilled promises uh, of that Messiah coming in the first advent and how they were promised a savior in the line of David to enact that royal uh, throneship and, and, and to be the savior promised to them and how those promises were fulfilled and because of the hope and the joy of us looking back at what God has done, it gives us hope and joy into looking what God will do and we kind of talk about how we wait well as believers in 2019 that we wait well in truth, we wait well in the reality of saying we will never uh, be satisfied with temporal things. We will never be satisfied on this earth because we have a yearning and a desire, an eager longing uh, for a better place. Our, our hope and our desire is that every every step we take leads us closer and closer back to Eden and that we are just sitting here with eager anticipation waiting for Christ to return and because of what he's done in the past we look forward and hope what he will do in the future when he wipes away all tears that his death will have no sting. All of those things will come through the eager anticipation and the fulfillment of prophecies. And then last week we talked about Joseph, the, the, the father of, the earthly father of Christ and how he was faithful in the face of disturbed plans and how we talked about if you're a father or, or a husband in that, in that time, in that culture, that he was walking in uncharted territory of uh, dishonor and, and whispers and drama and how they would have dispersed his name and all of his plans of, of rearing his first child and, and, and and developing his family kind of went by the wayside, and he just became a faithful servant of God's will. And he, he enacted, we don't know a lot about Joseph, and, and we have a lot of reason to believe he actually never saw Christ's ministry on earth, but that, that's not uh, a reason to, to, to negate his faithfulness, in that sometimes we are called to be faithful in the moment, and we will never actually see the fruit of what we begin. And, we, and Joseph never saw the, the fruit of what he did uh, on earth, but it doesn't make it not true, it doesn't make him not faithful and doesn't mean he's not uh, sitting at the throne of God in glory. But today we're going to look at Mary. Uh, 
the mother uh, of Jesus. And, and there's a lot that entails in Mary, and there's some stuff we'll be able to get to and some stuff we won't. And Mary's a hot topic. Uh, we believe at Trinity Church that, that Mary is, is, is a blessed woman and that she is a faithful woman, but she's not a deity. We do not pray to her, but that's, that's not the going notion for a lot of people. So we have to understand Mary. We have to uh, honor Mary and treat Mary with reverence, but also see things through her view. And through her view, it will give us more of the humanity of Christ. I know that as I studied the last few weeks preparing for Mary, um, it's it, it, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around the humanity of Christ a lot. I don't know um, where y'all find on the 100% man, 100% God. Um, but for me, it, my, my default is he's just always the guy that's walking on water. Like for me, that, that's one of the that's one of the um, the miracles and the stories that sticks out the most in, in the Gospels for me is he is he's the resurrected Lord and he's Savior, but on earth he was still the 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 supernatural force of walking on water, calming the storm. And sometimes that can negate the humanity of Christ and how how much we can relate that we have a Savior that came from heaven to earth to be with us. But one of the things that opens my mind and kind of orients my heart to the humanity of Christ is he has a mom. We are well aware of the mothership in this church, right? I'm actually not preaching to the biggest crowd at Trinity Church Oak Cliff today. Jessica Glitz is down the hall. Every one of you brought all of your kids and then some just strangers in the neighborhood. And that's cool. We're okay with that. We want to fill those rooms up. Um, and so say a special prayer for, for Jessica, and I will keep this as abbreviated as I need to so we don't have like a, um, what is it, uh, where the island where the kids take over and piggy reigns. We don't want Lord of the Flies down the hall. <laughs> so um, this week we're going to walk uh, through uh, just some of the, the scriptures that, that focus in on Mary. We're going to be in Luke chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 26 and we're going to end in verse 37. Uh, stay seated um, and I'm going to read out loud. I'm actually going to work through the scripture as we read it. A lot of times we read it, then we, we dive back. Um, but for this particular passage, and there's so much to kind of unfold and pull out, I'm going to work through as I read. It's not behind me. We have some technical difficulties, but there's a Bible next to you, and I will read it out loud. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to the virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. Of the house of David, so that's huge, right? In the sixth month, of talking about actually the the pregnancy of her of uh, her family, her, her family member Elizabeth. But in that sixth month, uh, the Gabriel, the announcement maker, uh, uh, the anointer, comes down to earth and, and finds Mary, who is the virgin betrothed to Joseph. And we talked about last week that that's huge. That's a fulfillment of scripture, just in that 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 in Samuel. Uh, 2 Samuel chapter 7, how God promises David that his lineage will reign forever. And he's enacting that promise. He's fulfilling that promise through Mary and Joseph because they are of the lineage in the house of David. And we talked about last week how she's betrothed to Joseph. So that's a legally binding engagement. We don't really have those here in America. But it pretty much uh, it says like this is an engagement that cannot be broken outside of divorce or death. Um, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and says, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at this saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. So the angel appears, and we, we really can't. The angel appears a lot in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Um, 
But we can't relate to that. And there's a reason that there's always this calming down of the angels. Because if an angel came right now, we would not be filled with joy. In hindsight, I think we may like lament in joy, but that's not the first first inclination. You see that a lot in scripture. And she says, Oh favored one. And then Mary's thinking, uh, rightfully so, like what is going on? What 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 could possibly going on? And, and and the angel doubles down on, you have found favor with God. And favor on both terms, uh, uh, as far as being directly translated, is, is a uh, abundance of blessing is, is the best way to uh, interpret that word best in English, where it says, you are about to, uh, you are a blessed, you're blessed by God, past tense, and you will future be blessed by God. You will found, you have found favor, and through your faithfulness, God will bless you. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a child, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give you his, the Lord will give him his throne uh, of his father David. So he's saying, you will bear the, the, the child Christ and, and Jesus, and you he will be called Son of the Most High, which is which is another name for Yahweh in the Old Testament, which is is just the 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 Hebrew name of, of who God is, the one true God, the Triune God, the same kind of language that's used in the Shema that we have studied, where it's Hero Israel. Uh, you see that Lord, that the capital O L O R D is translated. This is from the Lord on high. He will reign on the throne of David, and he will reign forever, and there will be. No end. So he is saying through this prophecy, through this declaration to Mary, that you will conceive the Messiah, and through that Messiah, my people will be saved. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be? I am a virgin. Extremely valid question. And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born, and you will call him holy, the Son of God. And behold, your, your relative... Elizabeth is in her old age and has conceived a son, and this is in the sixth month in which she would be called barren. So she's, he's already saying, like, hey, there, there is crazy things happening all around you. John the Baptist is in the womb of, of Elizabeth. She is barren, and she has found child. And Mary says in verse 37, for nothing will be impossible with God. I'm going to read that again. For nothing will be impossible for God. Verse 38. And Mary said, Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your will. And the angel departed for her. So this is an insane story. We, we've read it so much that it can become mundane, right? We do that a lot with the Christmas story and Easter. It's, it's some of the most known scriptures. Um, next week, we're going to walk through uh, Luke chapter 2, which is, again, a very common scripture. But I never want commonality of scripture to take away from the beauty and glory and power. We have a, a woman believed to be in her her early to mid-teens being visited by Gabriel, an archangel, and before him saying like, hey, you're going to have the Messiah Christ in you. You are going to conceive this through the Holy Spirit, and all of this is going to do all this is going to take place because this is the Messiah that your people have been promised for hundreds of years. I'm also doing magical things in, in Elizabeth, your family member. And, and through this, David's reign will reign forever. Most of us just have a mental breakdown. I have a mental breakdown. I have a million questions. I, have, I, I would immediately start to type A this and be like, this, this, and that. Like, I got plans. This is not, I'm betrothed to Joseph. Joseph's going to ask a lot of questions. What's going on? Hey, what is the Messiah going to do? How long is he going to live? How, what kind of power is he going to have? Blah, blah, blah. Go on and on and on. And we see the humble faithfulness of Mary just be quiet. 
and say, nothing is impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, I am a servant. She immediately goes back to her position in relation to this news. She doesn't ask how it's going to affect her. She doesn't ask how it's going to affect her family member. She immediately lays down at the throne of Christ and lays out who she is in relation to this news, which is a servant. I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your will. You see this language used is similar to like the Lord's Prayer where thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And that's beautiful language. That's language that we tattoo on our bodies, some of us. Um, <laughs> but it's also language that's extremely hard to live out. Um, there, there, there is this understanding that thy kingdom come, thy will be done as long as it doesn't in any way inconvenience me. Or thy kingdom come, thy will be done as long as like God's will is my will and we kind of work together at separate paths and come to the same ending. But that's not what thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Because as we, as we know, the end of this story, when she says, let it be according to your will, or thy kingdom come, thy will be done, that means her firstborn, her son, be tortured before her eyes and die. And you can say all you want is, well, no, he's, he, he's going to raise again in three days. He's, he's going to do this. He's going to do that. None of that's going to change the fact that that's her. That's, that came from inside her. That is her baby. And when she says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, she may not realize the totality of what she's saying, but we know through her action she believes it. She puts her words and her, and, her, and her money where her mouth is and says, not only do I believe what I'm saying, I will live it out. For when she says nothing is impossible, she means it because she is living proof of it. These aren't just words. These are a faithful submission to God's plan. She is clearly faithful and a servant. These are such hard words to live, and we can only do it through faith. We can only do it through this kind of, uh, and I don't even want to say blind faith, because blind faith makes it sound like we're robots. It's not that we're blindly faithful, it's that we're just faithful to a God who sees all. We're faithful to a God who, who has promised to lead us through this. It doesn't mean we're going to go unscathed. It doesn't mean that, 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 that the fires won't burn us. It, it, the, the scriptures in Isaiah don't say that the fires won't burn us, it just means they won't overcome you. And the waters won't uh, get you wet. You're just not going to drown. There, there's not this promise of peace. There's not this promise of an easy life. There's a promise of a faithful God who will be with you lock and step. And we see this faithful submission of all control. Because this is not how Mary originally thought her life was going to be. And we see um, this faithful submission. And then we jump down and you see Mary's Magnificent where she just sings this praise of saying, I, I, I'm just happy to be used by the Lord. I'm happy to be uh, a, 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 a part, a pawn, a tool for God's glory on this earth. And I don't know, and, and I come back to the humanity and I kind of want to end on the humanity of Mary. Sorry, my voice has like five more minutes. <laughs> I kind of want to end on the humanity of Mary because I don't know at what point she realized that she was going to outlive her son. And I don't know what, at what point that Mary understood that her, her faithful servitude would actually just be enormous sacrifice. The fact that um, we, we, we laud her and we praise her a lot for what happened in the, uh, the, the, major, the major scene or pre-Christ's birth. But we, we, the truth is the real faith of Mary comes in, in, in John chapter 19 when, when we see her at the foot of the cross that she never leaves her baby boy. So uh, I, I've been struggling with an upper respiratory infection, and um, and we uh, we have a lot of kids in my house, um, and we decided like we're gonna for for the time being we're just gonna have a kid every year, um, <laughs> um, mostly because we just want the Carcanos to cook for us and bring us food. Um, it's worth it. Um, it's not financially stable, but it's worth it. Anyway, so. Uh, 
the thought, so I have the first growth infection. We have a four-week-old. Those things don't really mix um, something walking around with, like, the mask. Um, and, like, I sleep with my face in, like, this pillow and the mask. And if I hold uh, Levi, um, I'm, I'm in this mask, and I'm just terrified. You can ask Joe. She's like, hey, will you hold the kid? I'm like, put him down let him cry. Um, because I can't be a source of pain for this kid. I can't, I can't be the reason this kid ends up in the hospital. I can't be the source of the reason um, that, that Levi has to get medicine or hurt or have any kind of pain or uncomfort. But the reality of Mary is she is the source of her, her son on the cross. And I don't know if she actually ever realized that. I don't know if those two things ever meshed. But the brokenness of Joseph and Mary led to their son on the cross because we are all broken and we all need a Savior. And, and, and those two things coming to fruition breaks my heart at the humanity of these faithful people. And, and there's nothing supernatural about Mary or Joseph. There's nothing that's overtly, like they don't have something that you don't have. They're just faithful in, in the way of sacrifice. They're faithful in the, in the face of servitude. Um, we, I, I, I can't even put myself in their situation because I, I know I'm not strong enough. This is how I know I'm not strong enough. Um, my son is in a phase, and I've said this before, he, he just idolizes me. He, is, he has not realized yet that I'm broken and that I'm going to let him down and that I'm going to do everything I can to make me feel comfortable and love. But at some point as a father, as a human father, I will let him down. He doesn't realize that. He thinks I hung the moon. He thinks I'm, I'm, I'm it. Like I take off, I wear, I wear boots every day to work, so he wears boots every day. It doesn't even make sense. He doesn't like putting his jeans over his boots. If you've noticed, he, they're too big and he can't run in them. That doesn't make any sense, but he wears boots because dad wears boots. And there's this beautiful uh, teaching moment where every day when I come home, I take off my boots and he puts on my boots and he likes to walk in them. And that's, that right there is enough for me to realize I got to get my act together. Um, but so right now, what do you think Asher wants to be when he grows up? A police officer, right? He wants to be a police officer. That's what dad is. Um, he wants to, and I quote, punch bad guys in the face. That's all he thinks I do. Uh, and there's not, that's not untrue. Um, but it's not like, it's like, it's not like every day we're just like... All right, bad guy. But in his mind, I punch guys, bad guys in the face. It's going to break his heart when he realizes how much paperwork I do. <laughs> Anyways, um, I would give anything right now, and I mean anything, for him to never be a police officer, ever. He comes at me and says, hey, I want to serve my city. I want to serve my community. I want to serve my country. I will literally go against my better nature of saying that's, that's honorable, that's awesome, that's a great profession. And I will do anything to say, like, I will pay you to go to law school. I will pay you anything. I don't care. Be a bum. Live with me for the rest of your life. But anything that's going to put you in harm's way, I can't abide. I can't do it. I don't have the stomach for it. Because I was tough. There was a time in my life when I was tough. And, and then I had kids, and now I cry all the time. They broke me. Because it's the extension of my heart outside of my body, walking around, and I can't protect them all the time. And when you look at that through the eyes of Mary, where she's saying... I know that this is the savior of humanity, but he's my baby boy and he's on the cross. And, and she doesn't just say this and say, well, I'm just going to let him do his thing and walk away. She's with him lock step. She's at the foot of the cross. In, 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 in John 19, when, when the Messiah, some of the Messiah's last words, some of the Christ's last words were to his followers saying, you disciple, this is now your mom. Mom, this is now your son. I'm done, but you continue to live. You continue to be faithful. Mary's faithfulness broke her heart, but she broke her heart because she actually believed it. She, she, there was a time where she tried to talk him out and be like, hey, you're acting a little crazy, and I would do the same thing. But Mary's faith 
through heartbreak make sense because of her, her faithfulness and how she believes. And that's the same for us in Christmas. Christmas time can't be about the hype. It can't be about the trees. It can't be about Santa. It can't be, no, no, I'm not saying those things are bad in themselves. We believe in Santa. We have a tree. I'm saying those things can't be what we're about. We have to be about the meaning of Jesus because that's what a declaration is. Christmas is not about the hype, but it's a declaration of what we believe and how we believe it. It's a declaration of faith. We talked about it last week that if we are about the hype, then come January, this all means nothing. We put all this up and we go about our life. But if this is who we are, this permeates every step we take, and every step we take is closer to God's will for God's glory. I pray that we, we embrace the faithfulness of God's stewards in, in Mary and Joseph and, and the stories. And we, we look at those people as not someone that's just some mystical super Christian, but someone who's just a broken human that said yes to the faithfulness of God. I pray that we, we wait well. I pray that we, we look back with hope uh, at what God has done and we look forward in joy this week of what God will do. Let me pray over us that we're going to sing. God, thank you for today. Thank you for your will. Thank you for your ways. Thank you for the opportunity we have as your believers just to meet corporately, sing your praises, and open up your word. God. I pray over the people of this church. I pray over the people in this room. I pray over the people that are not in this room. I pray um, that the, the family of Trinity Church, Oak Cliff, feels your presence, that the Spirit comes in their life this week and the Spirit moves. I pray that we would step into the space that this society will give us for Christmas and we step into that space with biblical.